episode 387 of This Is Whole Life. This is back-to-back episodes for you on this lovely Wednesday. We are in the final installment of the Seven Churches of Revelation, and we have come to the ever-popular and probably the most well-known Laodicea. And so before we get started, I wanted to read an email that we had because there's a question, and maybe some of you resonate with this question. So here we go. It starts off, good afternoon. I've been a part of Florida Hospital Church slash whole life, so we know that we're dealing with someone who's been here a long time. Aha. Since cradle roll, with a few <laughs> with a few gap years, well, unless would... they are a uh, in junior class now, it is a while that they... <laughs> yeah, right. Because for anyone not in the know, cradle roll is like what zero to three, zero to two, zero yeah. to two. Yeah. So uh, with a few gap years, when I was at FLA Force Lake Academy and SAU Southern Adventist okay, University, so I know they're through right. college, okay. so that definitely adds some years to it. Yeah, right? yeah. I have fond memories growing up at this church, and it's wonderful to be a part of this family now as a thirty year old. And I'm putting in air quotes, adult. (laughs) So I'm not sure what that means for for sure, but maybe we can ask later. I thoroughly enjoyed the series on the seven churches of Revelation, including the in-depth discussions and perspectives on the podcast. Pastor Ken and the leaders on the podcast sometimes refer to biblical scholars or other theologians' interpretations of Revelation to help unpack the message that Jesus sent. Is it possible to share those supplemental resources for personal continued research and learning Thanks, Brittany Ruiz, and in parentheses, Elias. Happy Thank to do it, Brittany. I'd be happy to share with you some of the different resources that we've used. So I don't know if the easiest way to do it is just to put it in the show notes later or, or yeah, to you just, say just say it right now. But kind of some of the big resources that I have kind of turned to on this particular topic has been the uh, Stefanovic's, I think, I think it's just called Revelation. It's, it's an Adventist professor who... It's kind of given a kind of the Adventist take on book, the book of Revelation, although I will say he's he's probably a little bit more progressive with his view on Revelation than maybe the standard um, Adventist commentary would be. So his book is is really good. I've used his. I uh, use the some of the Adventist commentaries uh, quite a bit for, for this series as well. So those are a fantastic resource to go to. And then another book that I really liked a lot that I used for this series was uh, Jeffrey Wiemas, and I mentioned this in the last podcast, Jeffrey Wiemas, The Sermons to the Seven Churches of Reve- Revelation, a Commentary and Guide. Uh, I found that to be very useful. Um, also, I've used a number of online resources that you can find. I also use a uh, program called, is it a program software? It's not a software, it's an online resource, but it's a lot of pastors, when they're doing their research, use a, a program called, it's spelled L-O-G-O-S, and I always have a hard time pronouncing it. Pronounce it correctly for me, Melanie, because I, I never get it right. It's Lagos. And the reason is Lagos, I this is too much information, is because <laughs> <laughs> what are transliterated as O's are Omicrons, yes. not Omegas. If they were Omegas, it would be pronounced Logos, but they're Omicrons, so it's Logos. And Logos. I just have a hard time remembering that. Yeah, me uh, too. I always thought it was Logos. Well, seeing shows you what I know. So Logos. And so <laughs> that's a, uh, a subscription service that, that you basically can pay for. Pastors will do it, and it has, depending on... Uh, how much money you pay them depends on how many resources uh, are available to you, but it's literally thousands yeah, it's of academic journals <laughs> and um, uh, books and that sort of thing. So uh, so that's another uh, tool that I utilize when I'm doing sermon preparation. 
There's another tool that is similar. I think it is is also software. I don't know if there's an online version, but it's a little bit cheaper. It's called Accordance, okay. and it has um, some resources in it. Uh, there are a lot of a lot a lot of different. Um, commentaries that are available depends on what exactly you're interested in looking at if you're interested in looking at kind of how the language is working or you know what the historical context is or if you want to look like socio-cultural background or literary background like there's so many depends on how deep you want to go Uh, if you want to look at for example, if you just want to kind of look at the language and you don't you don't have access to a lot of resources, you could go to blueletterbible.org. Yep, I love that one. That's a great one. You just click on you find the verse and then you click on tools and then you can go in and look at the translation choices that that are made in the in the various translations. And uh, also, if you're, I mean, if it depends on, like I said, it depends on how deep you want to go. But if you want to look at at some of the uh, in depth work that different scholars are doing, you can go to scholar.google.com and type in what you're interested in reading and then the articles you may not have access there may be like a paywall for some of them but for some of them you may have, uh, have access or if you have access through a university sometimes you can get around the paywall that way but lots and lots of information out there you can also stop by my office i have a whole bunch of commentaries she come on a, by she has a few i have a few in my office uh, one of my favorites by the way i guess i left it out of this is the ivp bible background commentary which i always find super useful when you're trying to understand some of the cultural things um, there's an old testament version or Old Testament IVP Bible background commentary, and then there's a New Testament. Actually, weird, but I kind of actually like the New Testament one a little bit better. For they they have different authors, but anyway, so those are those are great resources, of course. Uh, and I guess I should, you know, it probably goes without saying, but one of the other things that I like about Logos is that it actually goes through the version that I have has the complete works of Ellen White in it, so you can you can go through all of you know, every place where she mentions Philadelphia, you can find it. You can see what was said. So uh, that's, again, another resource that I use. Yeah, actually, if, I mean, if you're curious what Ellen White says, you can go also go to E.G. White Writings or E.G.W. Writings. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember. It's that's dot org or dot com. Yeah. And that's free. You can Is that also... the White Estate one? I believe so. Yeah. So I yeah. think it's just whiteestate.org, right? Is that? It could uh, be. There's, there's one that's like egwwritings.org. Okay. Org, I believe. And, and that's free. Yeah. That is, so, and that's free. So Google that, it up. And you can search yeah. everything, including letters and manuscripts and all that kind of stuff. Yep. That's awesome. Okay, cool. Well, there you go. Brittany, thank you for the email. Really good um, question. It's a good question. It's uh, You brought out the nerd in us. <laughs> well, you know, asking you shall receive is what I say. And so there's a couple of things I want to I wanted to go over with real quick. For anyone that had some uh, issues with the secret word puzzle for the seven churches. Um, we're sorry. Yeah, yeah sorry we're sorry. That. Um, that was, man, we put a... We put a lot of hours into that to make sure everything was just right. So close and, and yet we were, so far away. <laughs> uh, Melly and I were here late on Friday with this with the chat. For those of you that were live streaming with us that night, you, you know all of that. I'm not going to rehash that. But One of for, you called me up in a panic. <laughs> and for and, and for anyone that has gotten to that point and you're just not sure, I'm going to make it really easy. Wholelife.church slash seven churches, S-E-V-E-N churches. If you go there, you will be able to figure out everything because it's all been explained there. 
You will as long as you have been paying attention to the seven churches and where we may have made an error, we gave you the answers. That's right. Right. So you And they, this is a wonderful opportunity for you to practice grace and love, love and forgiveness and for your some podcast. Of, some, of our, some of our values, love, acceptance, <laughs> forgiveness, <laughs> grace, participation. <laughs> participation is the Bible. Yeah, yeah no, it's, it's, it's all in that. Yeah. And so we were just wanting to help you practice. Yes. That's it. And so um, Melanie and I got a lot of practice last week. But anyway, it all came together and so and if for some reason you don't have it figured out just podcast at wholelife.church I will help you personally all right and then finally if you did connect if you're an online member who is not local or you were unavailable and you did something else to do for connect instead of actually joining us at connected at the Grove, Grove Park, Park then um just send us a, a text about what you did. And if you have a picture of yourself doing it, send that 407-965-1607 or podcast at wholelife.church. Yeah. We'd love to see that too. Because Can I had, just tell you, uh, yeah, we want it. We would love to see what you did uh, f- to be of service uh, to join with your church family. And man, this last weekend, I was, I'm still feeling like I'm catching up from it. <laughs> <laughs> so are we. So, yeah. Yeah. The, the the amount of time that goes into all of it is is a little mind boggling when you yeah. think about it, mm-hmm. and yet though when we were at the event there was so much affirmation that God sent to us in many different forms. People have stories. Some people met somebody new. Some people met people from the community. Some people made friends at four at the at the Four Roots organization. I mean, it's just a lot of impact. Yeah, and I think it's really fair to say that this year's um, this year's connected was different than we had imagined that it was going to be. <laughs> Um, things did not go exactly the way that we had planned or, or thought that they would. And yet one of the things that, you know, we'll share some, some of the kind of the incredible things that came out of it, but, you know, we got up to, I don't know what it was, six weeks before the event and the venue that we had lined up was not working out. Uh, we had some major, some major people that were supposed to be involved that pulled out at the last minute there. And uh, I remember Anderling coming to me and saying, I just don't know what we're going to do at this point. And uh, between myself and our board chair, Joe, we were in touch with Four Roots. And Four Roots is doing something that we've actually been trying to work on as a church this, this year through our, outre- through our community outreach, which is food insecurity. Uh, it's something that we've been trying to address and work. Um, for those of you who may not know this, Anderlene and our Justice Ministries every month have been doing a outreach down in the Paramore. We call it Agape Feast, but what it is is that we have a we we serve food along with the Desire Foundation. We've partnered with them. We serve food. We have clothing. We sit. We talk, and um, and again, have been addressing some food insecurity as well as some other uh, uh, things that are going on there. And, and so that's been something that we've done every month. And so the plan had been to have this big event at uh, Camping World Stadium. And again, that it didn't just, it, the, that all just didn't come into, into place the way we'd hoped it would. And, and we were so sure it was going to. We had everything yeah. done from a marketing All the marketing was done. We were it ready was, to go. Everything so, was done. So we had to do this really quick pivot. And kudos to Anderlene yep. um, for just working super hard. But we kind of discovered that Four Roots was having this event on the 28th and that it was the first one. And they really needed some help. That, and if you're not familiar with what Four Roots is doing, it is what I love about it. And I think one of the things that I don't know if, how well it came across 
in our you know connected Sabbath was that this is not a band-aid to food insecurity. This is this is actually a long-term solution that that Four Roots is going at. They are working with local farmers. They're also creating their own campus with uh, to teach people uh, who are coming from areas with food insecurity on how to use, how to grow their own vegetables, how to use those vegetables. And that's one of the things I think can sometimes be overlooked. When we talk about food insecurity, you'd be surprised at how many food deserts are within a very close region of whole life. And what's a food desert? It's a place where you, where if you live, you don't have access to fruit and vegetables in the same way that that I'm privileged to have that kind of access. I just hop in my car and I drive down to the supermarket of my choice and and get whatever it is that I need. And yeah, things can be expensive, so maybe sometimes I have to make some decisions on how much of this I'm going to get, how much of that I'm going to get. But it's it's there for me. People who live in food deserts, and again, this is. Um, the Paramore area would be an example of this. Uh, people who live in these areas generally have to rely on public transportation to get somewhere. And so what they often wind up doing is doing their shopping at a dollar store type of place or at a 7-Eleven type of place. And if you've done your shopping at either been in one of those stores, you're going to know that there is not a whole lot of options when it comes to produce. There's not a whole lot of options when it comes to, to uh, fruit. And so what winds up happening is that people just don't know what to even, even if they get a hold of fruit, even if they get a hold of produce, they're not 100% sure what to do with it. John Rivers, who started Four Rivers Barbecue that most people are very familiar with, is also the person who started Four Roots, the charity. Um, He helped get that going, and it's a big part of what he does. And the cool thing about it is John is really passionate, not just about putting getting that food into those communities, but helping them to know what they should do with it. John tells a story about a, a public school that they were working with, and they were they were taking produce to that public school and telling telling the teachers to hand the produce out to their, their students to take home for their meals. And so John tells about a, a teacher who sent a nice piece of produce home with one of her her students and and the student came back and the next day this the teacher said so how was whatever the piece of produce was and the, and the student said oh mom threw it in the trash can and the the, the teacher was kind of dumbfounded like well, why and and the teacher and the kid kind of just shrugged their shoulders well the next week same thing happens send produce home student reports mom threw it in the trash Eventually, the teacher meets with the mother and says, hey, what was wrong with the produce? Was there something wrong with it that you threw it away? And, and, and the mother said to the teacher, oh, we don't, that, we don't eat food that's like, we don't eat things that have been in the dirt. That's gross. The dirt has germs. That's, you know, dirt's bad. And so there's, the person was not trying to not know they just don't they didn't they haven't grown up in a place where produce has been a part of their life and right. so there's an education that needs to go along with it too and so four roots is addressing that component of things as well so the education and then there's also making sure that that produce gets into those areas and they're they're a organization that has been around for i don't know a couple years now but they're really just beginning to get to where they're where they're wanting to go. And so for us to be a part of this kind of inaugural kickoff fall festival that they were doing, it was a huge thing to be able to be a part of that with them and to to kind of encourage 
what they're doing and what the, the long-term things that they're going to be doing in this community. And so I know that it was a, a huge, huge help. And I, and I, one of the things that I noticed and that it felt a little bit, if I'm going to be honest, a little frustrating is that I spent a lot of time just kind of sitting around Sabbath morning. And there was, I, I had a couple other people were like, well, I just, how are we really helping? Believe me, we helped. This the church made a difference. I know this because the people who are working with Four Roots have let us know what a big deal it was to them. What's more, Anderlene has heard back from some other organizations, large organizations in our community that have partnered with Four Roots and saw that what we did with them and said, Oh my word, we would never Anderlene basically said these people, she's kind of reached out to them and been like, Yeah, 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 you're a church, whatever. And now they're they're coming to Anderlene going, Hey, can you help us too? And so there is there is a real value in what whole life did, and yet I also can understand if you went there and it was like, well, where am I helping out? It was different yeah, than the it was, year before. It was different so than the year before. Yeah. But I'm really excited with what we did long term. Um, you know, to be that church without walls, to leave the church building for a day and say, you know what, church services aren't the end all, be all. Of Christianity, being of service is just as important, if not more important. And for us to get outside the walls at least once a year, and as I have told you earlier, we're doing this monthly. That that Anderling has been doing this. Now I know moving into twenty twenty four, we're looking at maybe a little bit of a different model because monthly has turned out to be a, a big commitment. Um, yeah, yeah, but. I was really happy, and it really paired well, in my opinion, with the message of Laodicea, which you said that Philadelphia was your favorite church. Laodicea is mine, and the, and I know that sounds really weird because you know Laodicea is like a bad <laughs> word, right? And especially within Seventh Day Adventism. But what I loved about Laodicea that that hit me in a way it never hit me before as I was studying for this sermon was that while Laodicea is the the crummiest of the t- of of the of the churches. While they are they are failing and and they're failing. By the way, we often take it as like you know they're lukewarm. They're not they're not spiritually hot or spiritually cold. And I think that really that that's not wrong. But the real problem when we talk about spirituality is what kind of spirituality are we talking about? Are we kind of talking about the spirituality about that? I think we neuter the spirituality when we talk about it often. We talk about they weren't they weren't really in love with God and they weren't really against God. Well, what does it mean to be for God and what does it mean to be against God? And I would argue that to be for God to means to be for the things that he cares about. It means to care about justice, to care about mercy, to care about loving the other, to be a force for good in the world, to to serve that is what it means to be hot for God, to be of service to him, and to be cold is to be apathetic, to not really even care, because the opposite of, of hate is or of love is not hate, it's apathy. Apathy, like if you hate something, you still have an opinion on it. You, you like actually care. When you're apathetic, it's like whatever, you know? And, and I think to me, that's, for me, that's the opposite of, of it. And I, um, and so for me, I love the message of Laodicea because it was such a reminder to me that what God is looking for is not a bunch of talk, not a bunch of showmanship, but a bu- he really, God wants me to be passionate about being of service to the people 
that he loves, which is this world. Mm. And when you look at the other part of that just I love so much about Laodicea is that to the worst of the churches, Jesus has this loving rebuke. He says, those I love, I discipline. He doesn't say—he basically says, I love you. And that's why I'm going to go ahead and give you a little discipline, because I care about you. It's not because I hate you. I'm so angry. I want to teach you a lesson. And then he says, I'm going to come in, and I'm going to have a meal with you. Which, again, in the sermon I mentioned this, it's like one of the highest forms of friendship and love gesture that could be given in that time and the place to come and have a meal with somebody. It was a, it it was construed if you ate someone that you were in agreement with them. Uh, I don't. I'm I don't not into like that. the cannibalism. Yeah, let's aspect. not eat someone. Yeah. If you ate with <laughs> oh, someone, can I say that. Uh, let's not do that. So yeah, if you ate with somebody. So yeah, I guess. Yes, anyway. But actually, can I think— It may have been a long day. I think you misspoke on one other thing, too, because—that's why I looked at you so funny. Because you talked about the cold water and how refreshing it was. I I think you meant to say lukewarm was the apathetic. Yes, there you go. That's what I did mean. And and, and again, oftentimes—and this is one of the differences that in this study that I kind of came across is oftentimes we we take that God would rather you be cold against him— than to than to be lukewarm, which, as I studied this out, it seemed to me that the message to Laodicea was much less about being against God and much more about cool water is good for drinking, it's good for restoring restoration for the body. So both hot water and cold water had a good purpose to them, and so Jesus is saying, I'd like you to be about a good purpose, and I'm, I've become less certain, although I do know that the standard line is that Jesus would rather have you be an atheist than be a lukewarm Christian, because the, the reasoning goes, because at least if you're an atheist, you know you're in deep trouble, right? Um, uh, apparently is the reasoning that I've heard. <laughs> well, I think, so, you do, I think you do less damage if you're, if you're just cold. Because you're not you're not promoting anything. See, I don't know. But see, I don't know if I agree with that. I think that there's been a lot of damage done by 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 people who did not. You could you could argue that 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 Stalin did a lot of damage, and he was pretty cold on the Christianity scale well, of I'm, things. I mean. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, Melanie's glaring at me. Go ahead, Marin. Yeah. No, I, 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 I. Well, we got we got two different. Go ahead. You start where of, you need to start. Two different lines of thought going here. One line of thought is that hot is refreshing for one reason because you know it's it's soothing for it's one. Healing. And cold yeah. also has a positive connotation, right. which is not the traditional way of looking at it. It's the lukewarm that is the problem. But cold right. and hot can both be good things. Right. The traditional view is that, oh, if hot is good and cold, you know, and, and those two things are juxtaposed as quote unquote opposites, then cold must be the bad thing. And I think what you were saying that is is that cold and hot can both be good. It's the lukewarm that's yeah. the problem. And so I, I just wanted to separate yeah. those two things so that we For don't like, overlap and be confused. confused. right now, that's, I, I <laughs> no, apologize. I, I, I'm, my I've, brain is going in four different directions. I was directions. following where you were going, and I just think that— The point is, I think what I was trying to say is in the traditional viewpoint of, of this, it, yeah. right. cold is bad, lukewarm is even worse. Right. It's right. like, so— 
hot, good, cold, bad, lukewarm, really terrible. <laughs> totally, totally and, and, the re- and the reason rationale on that one is that if you're if you're cold slash against God or or don't love God, at least you know, quote unquote, you're lost. Therefore, it's easier for you to to see your lost state than somebody who's in a lukewarm state. It's like the older brother in the in the parable of the of the lost the or the the prodigal son is that the older brother is at home he thinks he's doing good cuz he's at home and yet he's he at the end basically cusses his dad out uh for letting the younger brother come home so that's that's the one side of the argument i really have to me the thing that has made the most sense for me is that you had these these three cities, Hierapolis that had the, the hot water, you had Colossae that was at the foot of a mountain that had cold water, and you had you had Laodicea that had no source of water, had this, to pipe their water in from six miles away from hot springs, and the hot springs have these minerals in it, and so as the water flows through those pipes for six miles, it goes from being hot to being lukewarm. Lukewarm, mineral-heavy water is gross. Whereas you have the other two cities that are right next door to them that that they have a deep relationship with that that have water that's good for something, and so for me, hot water is a positive, cold water is a positive, and where you have a problem is in that lukewarm that's just not doing anything good for anybody. And so for me, that's what made so much sense with us having a worship, a day of service that I feel is worship by going out into our community and saying, hey, we're here to support you and what matters to you. And um, and so I, I was super proud of what the church accomplished on that day and uh, the difference that I know that we made. And and I, I, it was just a—I I could tell you so many cool stories of, you know, people—you uh, know, we had a person who says told us that they had not been to church since they were a child— Listen to the the music that our church was providing, and said, "I need to get back to church." And and it told us they they want to come check out whole life. That's that's cool. That's just one of a number of different stories that we that we heard from this event, and so that's that's a pretty cool thing. I'm just so proud of how many people, yeah. how many of our members turned out. We had hundreds of our members there, yeah. and I love that message that we sent to the community. Like we're serious about this. Yeah. We're serious about being a church without walls. We're serious about rolling our sleeves up and getting yep. involved in what's happening in our community. And I think, you know, I mean, in addition to supporting the Four Roots, you know, um, mission, which is amazing, we yeah, also is. we also told people, hey, whole um, life is in it. Yeah. Can I tell you a fun story about taping the uh, the sermon? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> so this was this was I, I I'm so grateful to Stanley. He's such a he's such a patient guy. I told Stanley I really want people to be able to see where we're going to be having the the uh, connected event at. So can we do a drone shot to start this off? Where you fly over this fountain that's at Grove Park, and then I want to be kind of walking up this up the sidewalk and it comes over me and then I want to do a moving um what steady cam shot. This is Ken the reporter. That's like and, I know what and, this needs to look like. <laughs> and then I want to go ahead and do uh the rest of the sermon off the teleprompter with the fountain in the background and poor poor Stanley he made it all happen. <laughs> he did. <laughs> but the steady he was he, but what I was proud of, and this is just indulge me for a second. Is like you wonder, do I still have what I used to have as a reporter? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and so the steady cam shot was a what 
we started off on one side of the park and basically you guys walked wound a long up ways. all the way on the other side. And Stanley's like, that's a long way. I don't think you're going to be able to make it with your script. And I said, Stanley, <laughs> I got it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And I did it. Yeah, it looks First great, take, too. baby. First <laughs> take. I love it. One man. take, Jake. That is, you, we need to put in some applause here. I know. I, <laughs> I'll dig up. I'll dig you know up. What? That's all right. I just got it out. There you go. No, it feels no good. we are proud of you, Ken. That, no, was, that, that was no you don't job. have to be proud of no, me. It's we just, proud I of just you. say it for myself. That's all no, I need. It was a good, it was a good looking opening sequence. And, <laughs> you know, Stanley is always a glutton for punishment. He'll try anything a yeah. couple times to make it work. And that I was thinking as I used to work with Stanley on a daily basis and, and walking backwards and, and, okay, do, so, and, and doing the steady cam yeah. and, and making that long of it, let alone what but, you have to do. But can we brag for a second on Josh, who works with Stanley? Yep, Josh's first time. Josh's first time using a steady cam. He did a great job, and he did and that. He did, did yeah. that. Yeah. No, he did a great first job. Time. Josh nice. is good people. Uh, he's an SAU graduate too, and uh, he's one of those uh, good people that you want on your team because obviously it turned out really, really well. You know, the thing I, I, you were mentioning about the meal being one of the the most important things or the highest form of of friendship that maybe was available then, and I would almost say that we're getting back to that nearly in this day and age where yeah. we don't take time to sit down and and sit and have a meal and just talk and just let life come out in whatever form happens because of your story, then, oh, I have a story and we have a story. And, you know, we had some conversations at this event where that just happened. It was a a sit down and, and people who were searching really found, I, I I can't tell the story because I don't have permission to, and I wish I did, but there were conversations that happened within that community on Saturday that would make you cry and would just make your heart go, wow, I'm so glad that we had a date with the Holy Spirit yeah. that day. And so that was a, that was a big moment for, for me and my family. And um, for those that are listening, I know you're listening and uh, we love you so much. And I'm just so glad that God put us together for that, that moment in the event. So it was definitely the way it all came out, there was a lot of extra work for everyone, and it, but it, it really came out very, very well. And the thing about Laodicea was, maybe this is the most well-known of any of the churches, might I say, even people that don't know about that there was seven. Yeah. Um, I didn't technically know that there was seven before this. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll admit I am Revelation dumb. I, I don't know a lot about Revelation. And also, I did not know, and now this is maybe my favorite it's one of my favorite verses anyway. But behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and will dine with him and he with me. And I was telling Melanie, I was like, that we were watching the stream live, and I'm like, that's in Revelation? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, I thought for sure it was like in the Gospels, which I am currently in my Bible study personal time. I am reading through the Gospels, and I'm like, I haven't come across it yet. And that is one of my favorite vo- verses, but to but to find it in this context in Revelation, wow! It, it means on the same weekend that we go into the community and talk about food insecurity it, and how to solve those problems. It just it was you know, it's 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 meaningful. It was yeah. very meaningful, and it it even in in what I took from this is Jesus is the truth teller, and you know, and I just wonder. 
when we think about how they were self self sufficient, and man, I love being self sufficient. I love being able to do things. And after the week that we had, trying to pull off the you know pull off the game and pull off this event and do all these things, and so much of it felt at times like being self sufficient. And it's okay to be good at what you do and maybe being excellent and striving for it. But then this just realizing that Jesus offers it and he did for us. He did it for the the people that were in the chat and they were so forgiving. Jesus brought it in a way that we could understand his grace here. He's giving them everything they understand in their culture, the, the, the face balm and, and all of these things. And it makes you just love Jesus that much more to see the things and the gifts and the solutions that he has. Or he puts them in ways that we can understand when we're really at a, a place where we maybe aren't at our best. And to me, that was a good takeaway <laughs> for the way that the week worked out and for in the message that we had. So this is now, you know, I said Philadelphia was one of my favorites, and I forgot about this, even though I prepared this today. So I don't know. Maybe <laughs> It's been maybe, a long week. <laughs> maybe Laodicea is, is my favorite and now as well. And I, I felt like everything that I had prepared, Ken kind of went over as we described the event. And so uh, is there anything else that we should take away from this seven churches? Because I mean, I've heard, maybe this is the one I've heard the most feedback. And maybe it's because maybe others are a little bit like me. You don't have to admit it though, that maybe you're just a little uh, revelation uh, insufficient uh, in knowledge or whatever. But I just feel like people have learned so much in, in the backgrounds and the different pieces and parts, and it was interesting, and it wasn't all doom and gloom, and that's not what we expect from Revelation. Anything we should take away as a whole from all seven? Final, like, final word. Because Jesus won, you win. Mm. Nice. That's Nike. Nike. Yeah, Nike. that's about as Nike. good as it gets. Nike. <laughs> that's about, okay. And that's it. You know, I mean... That is the message of, of Revelation is that God wins and God's people win with him. And mm. it's not a book to, that it was, it was, it was never meant to scare the living daylights out of people. It was always meant to actually give people assurance that God wins and you don't have to worry about it. And all. there are a lot of scary, scary things in the world, but God wins. And, yeah, that book has been so hijacked. Yeah. We're taking it back. We are. You no, did a great job with this series, Ken. This, this was has a, been fun, a lot of fun. This was a really fun series to do. And, and we you did know what? It. It, was, it, was, it was one of those things that I went into knowing that I liked the seven churches, but I, you know, I think for me, I feel like the most fortunate person out of this series because I got to d- dive deep and it feels like going back to my reporting days when you cover an event, you're only able to report on about 10% of what you actually cover. And the same thing was true with with that. And so my my big uh, my big thing to anybody would be, you know, if you're interested in something, study it out. There's lots of resources, and here at the church, we're here to help you find those resources. If you want to know, you know, if there's a topic in the Bible that you're interested in, ask. We we might we we'll, we not. I wouldn't even say might. We will have some great recommendations for you on good books, good yeah. articles to read. I mean, right now I'm. I've been blown away in my personal devotional time. I've been going through the book of Isaiah, which has never been my favorite up until now. And now I'm reading it, and I've because of the revelations, I was like, oh, wow, look, look at that. And there's just so much good stuff in the book of Isaiah, and you just see where Jesus was using it so much in, in, in his ministry and just really falling in love with Isaiah. So, you know, jump into that scripture, and if it doesn't, maybe this time it isn't that interesting to you or doesn't catch you, but... Maybe, Maybe another time, time it will. Yeah, absolutely. So are might we see more revelation in the future? Do you think? Yeah. Is there more I, to I mean, cover? 
No, this was this was <laughs> yeah, the this was the definitive <laughs> <laughs> word on everything. Well, maybe on the seven churches. But. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, I can tell you, uh, you know, I don't want to disappoint anybody. But in 2024, I don't think I have anything. I don't like have a series on the Book of Revelation in 2024. But I, I know we'll go back at the right time. Um, Excellent to to take a look at other things. But there's so much in the Bible to take a look at that. You know, next year, one of the things I'm really excited about is the book of Daniel. So Ooh. I'm sure Revelation will come up a it's little Reve- bit as we talk That's about That's Revelation-esque. <laughs> so, right? Yeah. Is that a word? Well, what I'm really now? excited about that series because we're going to be doing that during uh, election time here in the United States. Oh, boy. Dun, dun, dun. And I picked this specifically <laughs> for that time. Wow. Specifically for that time because, and not to spoil the whole series, but again, the message of Daniel is God is in control. You know, human kingdoms will come and go, but God is in control of all of it. Oh, man, you gave away the punchline. Oh, man. (laughs) Well, speaking of really cool messages, I'm excited personally. uh, One of my favorites. Uh, We're doing the 23rd Psalm coming up this, starting this next week, and it's Follow Me to Soul Restoration. That sounds pretty good, actually. Yeah, doesn't it? Sounds like it might be something I could, like, get on board with. Well, I'm glad. But not if, bored. As long as, as long as you're on board with <laughs> it, Randy, you, then you're good? Okay, we're good, good to go. Whew, guys, it was that close, but we made it. So <laughs> anyway, that's going to do it for this week. Uh, man, I've really enjoyed this this series, this uh, this group of messages, and all the input and all the questions. So hopefully we have as much engagement for the 23rd Psalm. There'll be plenty there to uncover, I'm sure. So don't forget, uh, in today's show notes, just like yesterday or last episodes, even though it was today, it's kind of weird, sorry. Um, barn Party, Volunteer, and What You Need to Bring... All that's in the show notes. Just swipe up today. Check it out. Please make plans. Please volunteer for Barn Party. Please plan to be there. Please plan to bring a friend. Bring and some chili. Bring some cookies or a pie. And bring chairs. It's going to be amazing. A blanket. Have fun. It's going to be fun. Amazing. So that's going to do it for this week. As always, thanks for listening and have a great rest of your week. <laughs>